Hello, welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Oliver, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Gus and Nate. Tonight, you will be joining us in the lobby as we discuss the rankings of Quentin Tarantino's filmography. So go ahead, get comfortable, throw on that Do Not Disturb sign as we take a look into the world of Quentin Tarantino. You don't have to know how to make a movie. If you truly love cinema with all your heart and with enough passion, you can't help but make a good movie. What's going on, all you toe lovers? Thanks for checking back into the Grand Cinema Hotel. We're thrilled to be back. We're doing something a little bit different this week. Um, we're actually going to be doing a director tier list kind of deal. We're going to rank Quentin Tarantino's movies. Um, we decided to do this because I'm sure with a lot of other people that have kind of gotten into film as they've grown up, Quentin Tarantino seemed to be one of the ones that kind of, you know, opened the door to film as a whole. So, yeah, here we are. Yes, yes. Hey, guys. Gus here. Um Tarantino is definitely the one like I, I can sure I'm speaking for the three of us and that you guys would agree that he definitely is the one that got us into movies in the first place. Mm -hmm. Just like many other people, you know, he saw Pulp Fiction. It Pul blew your What's mind. Pulp Fiction? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're joking about it right before. Yeah, it's like it's the movie for a certain generation of people like bo born in the 90s or the early 2000s. And um, even that movie, like having such a strong like cultural hold mm -hmm. on society just kind of goes to show you. Like, still does yeah why he's so influential like i i remember one of the first times i saw a tarantino reference and i had no idea who he was even was uh, space jam when no. uh it's like yosemite sam and i think daffy duck are one of the other characters and it's like the they show up as vincent jules with the, mm -hmm. with, the with the space guns <laughs> like so even before i knew who he was it was just around me. And uh, I remember seeing Pulp Fiction for the first time and that just, you know, blowing my mind and what the hell is this? Yeah, you know, asking exactly. my dad and yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys have some stuff you want to say. That too was like him. the first day when we were like in high school where somebody who was a film buff would be like, do you know Quentin Tarantino movies though? And like, it was the first name that I remember like stood out to me in terms of like, oh, this, well, besides Steven Spielberg, obviously, but like growing up as a teenager and like I said, Every kid at that age had like a Pulp Fiction poster at the top of there. I'm sure there's just, somebody yeah. who still has it. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you're in college, I bet you you have this. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, even when I took film class, there was even the teacher made a joke about that. There's always at least five kids from your guys' age who say Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie. And I think it's for a reason. Obviously, it's something to make fun of, but I think it's, it's cool that at least it gets people introduced into being able to see films as a story not just oh it's something that i put on to watch it's an amazing movie but it has the problem that a lot of like phenomenas have where it goes beyond the creator's control and then it just becomes its whole it, it just like runs rampant like almost. that's why like it's a funny movie to meme on not because it's like bad or anything like it's far from it it's one of his best movies but it the cultural relevance around it's it becomes insane. like it's and it, it becomes insufferable yeah. like the matrix or like star Marvel, wars Marvel or Bush. whatever marvel yeah like <laughs> uh tarantino's pulp fiction is like the original oh have you seen this yeah, and then like it, isn't it exactly. so funny when you look back on it to think like yeah no shit it's quentin tarantino yeah. he's one of the most mainstream movie makers that exists exactly. but even as kids we were like 
dude, have you heard of this? And like, if you ask anybody who's like 25 or older, they're like, yeah, I fucking heard of Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Exactly. Because like growing up, like I had heard, like I'd heard my uncle talk about like Reservoir Dogs and I've heard things about Pulp Fiction and like I'd never seen them. And then the day finally came where I had finally seen Pulp Fiction and it, it like, it opened my world. I was like, holy shit. Like movies are, they can be different. Like, what is this? Like, what is, why does this movie feel so different than others? And I think that just kind of kickstarted the whole love of movies. And I'm not going to say like, I'm sure we, I know we all agree on this, but like, it's not, he's not our favorite director anymore. Like it's, I don't even know if I'd have him necessarily in my top four or five working right now. But I mean, just the fact that he was the one that really got like, especially like myself into movies and movie appreciation on top of that. Like, I just think it's really cool. And the fact that we've also kind of grown up with him and seeing how he's, you know, pumped out more movies and changed like some stylistic things. It's, it's been interesting. It's true. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the great American filmmakers. Yeah. And especially of the living ones. Like, I would rank them that it's like Scorsese, PTA, Spielberg, and Quentin Tarantino, yeah. right? But um, I was just joking with you guys before, like, not to sound too weird or anything, but like, Tarant- Scorsese's like your cool grandpa. Yeah. Like, whoa, he showed me so much cool <laughs> stuff. Like, that was badass. He's got so many cool stories. Tarantino is like that cool uncle where you're like, dude, he's sick. Why don't you and then, this out? Yeah, yeah. But then Paul Thomas Anderson's the ten times cooler cousin who makes you realize that the uncle's not as cool as you thought. The yeah, whole time. exactly. Like, wait, hold up. Yeah, my cousin's <laughs> way cooler than my uncle is. Yeah. That's so funny. But uh, nothing but respect for Tarantino. I mean, goaded. Yeah, I mean, like pretty much every single one. Of, I mean, I know we're gonna get into it, but I feel like except for maybe one or two, I love all of his movies. Like, it's not even like I like them. Like, I really do love most of these movies. I might be harsh in some of the way I rank these, but it's only in the context of his own filmography. You could take his eighth movie, like the movie that I have eight, and that's better than most directors' entire Any movies, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. So, it's going to be one of those days. So, if we do sound harsh, you just have to understand that it's in the context of only these movies. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. We want to get into it? Yeah, how do you guys want to go about this? Um, I don't know. Do you think we should each go, like, I'll say my ninth one, Rose says his ninth one, you say your ninth one, Nate, and then we'll kind of either agree or disagree of, like, no, I think the well, let's let's say them, and then we'll, have, we'll come up with, like, the official grand cinema. Yeah, at the end. Yeah? Yeah. Damn. Okay. So, do you want to start? Sure. All right. So, we'll start from the bottom of the top, then. Um, the number, my least favorite movie of his that we have, I know you kind of wanted to talk about we're not doing... Oh, yeah. We're not going to do uh, <laughs> True Romance, From Dusk Till Dawn, My Best Friend's Birthday, Natural Born Killers, or the segment of Four Rooms, and we're definitely not doing his uh, ER or CSI episode. But that would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we were. <laughs> I just want to make it clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to leave those ones off. This is ones that are only written and directed by right. Quentin Tarantino. Okay. So with that, my my least favorite of his movies, I have Death Proof um, as one of my least favorite as my least favorite movie. Uh, consensus. I think that's, a, that con- a, consensus? that's a consensus. I think yeah. that is the general consensus okay. for all three of us, probably. Um, I, I haven't. You, go ahead. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so like I kind of wanted to rewatch it just to see if maybe I'd put it higher, but I didn't end up doing it. So. Yeah. Does anybody really want to defend this movie? <laughs> no. No, I think I think this is the one that you're talking about in terms of context of well, it's still in the QT ranking. Like, yeah, it's it's nine and it's it's not a terrible film. It's it's all style. It's all style. You know what? I'm substance. already retracting one of my earlier statements that this is the one movie of his where I'm and maybe one other where it's like there's people who have made better movies than this. You know, I was saying like, his, yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. I'm like, yeah, someone could have maybe done this better than Quentin. Death Proof almost could've. like it almost feels like a it's a small film. Like it really yeah. is. It almost feels like a short film from what I can remember. I feel but. like that is 
That is a B movie, and Key loves B movies so it's much. That's a, parody, a good movie. Even yeah. though Grindhouse is, it's more of an homage, but Death Proof just feels like a parody to me. Yeah, it kind of yeah, does. I don't, I don't, I don't, I have no remember like remembrance of the characters other than Kurt Russell. Everyone just feels like indisposable in this kind of blah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just so. It's just I don't know. It just feels so plain. It just feels like it was something he wanted to do just to get it out of his system more mm-hmm. than. Like a, a passion. Yeah. Me and Nate had kind of talked about this off pod that sometimes a director makes a movie and you can tell that they weren't expecting this to be like their best movie or that wasn't even the goal. It, like, I feel like it's almost like him and Robert Rodriguez kind of got together like, let's fuck around and make some crazy shit and we'll just yeah. release like a double feature grindhouse. This is rich, you know what I mean? Rich guy fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> let's have some fun. Let's do some weird shit. I think like, what, this, uh, <clears throat> what it suffers from too, though, is the fact that like the story isn't even as heavy as any of the other stories that he has. So you're already starting with something small. Yeah. It's, it's not how much crazier can it get really and it just leaves me kind of eh when yeah. I watch it, you know. But all right, all right, are we gonna move on from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right. go. Should I do? do you num- should I start with eight? Do you number eight then? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have, and this one is up for contention of where we would really put it. But I have Jackie Brown. Okay. At eight. okay. I have a Jackie Brown at eight. Too. I also have Jackie Brown. <laughs> <at eight. laughs> so so far the brain the brain waves you know, are hitting. I do like <laughs> Jackie Brown a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do, do think there's a lot of fun stuff about it. Um. The cast is really cool. Robert De Niro, Samuel Jackson. Um, her name is escaping me right now. Yeah. Um, someone get that Pam name for Greer. me real quick. Yeah, Pam, yeah Greer. Pam Greer. Sorry, disrespectful. Yeah, I know. How, how can we do this? She's a classic. She yeah, is. and uh, Chris Tucker's in it. Yep. You got Robert Forrester's in it. Michael Keaton makes mm-hmm. an appearance for a while. It's a pretty stacked movie. It does have a really good cast. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's his first hangout movie of the th- yeah. of the three. Like yeah. Reservoir Dogs kind of has that attitude. In some of the scenes, but Jackie Brown just feels like a movie where you're kind of visiting an old friend where you're yeah, like, I'm going to go exactly. hang out with them for a bit. It's nothing too serious. Right. They're going to fuck around. It's like for for like a crime movie and like, you know, what, what the stakes truly are on this movie, it feels almost kind of like sleepy and a little less, uh, I'm, I was just a little less engaged in this movie than some of his other ones. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of why I ranked it a little bit down. But it does have really cool characters, like you said. But, and yeah. some of the, the um, what was the, the words escaping me? Like, Homages that he made a film on there, like the graduate and yeah, the beginning, you know. Yeah, so like the the homages that he, that he makes in that film are, I think, are really good. But I do think it, it like lacks. Um, the story seems a little too straightforward for him, if that makes any sense. Even with the quote unquote Rashomon type styling yeah. of the of yeah. the heist sequence, it's still just kind of over it by by like the second or third time seeing it. Mm. Um, it does feel a little longer than it actually is i, I would do say. remember it feeling kind of long i think that's a good thing like i could watch i've watched it twice and i probably could watch it two more times and then i would be okay with never seeing it again i think i've seen it like four times maybe i think i've seen it three it's a cool movie to put on to just like throw, just throw on yeah because yeah. there's not that really meant it's you're not really going to miss anything by not paying attention exactly and you yeah. get keep peeking into any scene and be like oh this is cool i remember this from this scene so i like you said i really like jackie brown but it definitely is my eight too jackie brown is like the first like Death Proof, I do not. I just don't like it. Right, it doesn't work Fair. for me. Right. But Jackie Brown is like it, it. It's so low, but I actually like it a lot. That's when they start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we move on from that one? Yeah. I just want to say, I because like Jackie Brown, like I like it. I don't love that movie. I feel like the rest of the movies on this list, mm, I do love. So it. that's kind of where it starts. I feel like. But you want to go to number seven, right? <sighs> okay. So I have number seven. I I think this might be where they start to. Go a different way, but I have the hateful eight at number seven. <laughs> bum bum bum. 
All right. Okay. Okay. What do you, what do you got? Uh, yeah. What do you have, Nate? My number seven, I have Reservoir Dogs. Okay. So <laughs> I have Reservoir Dogs at, at, number, at your number seven. seven. I have Reservoir Dogs at six. So okay. I guess I'm willing to hear that. Okay. That um, um, argument. You said you said you have Hateful Eight at seven. So I have it before Reservoir Dogs. I like Reservoir Dogs a little more than I like the Hateful Eight. <sighs> okay. Okay. I mean, I, there's there's things about it. Okay. So I, I've been having a, a pickle of a time of trying to place the hateful. I eight know you <laughs> because I really like some of it. Like some of it is so high, and some of it is laughably bad to me. Um, and it's it's kind of the only movie of his where I actually feel that way, where I'm not just completely sold on it. Um, Reservoir Dogs. The only thing I take away from it is that it just it feels like a first movie, mm-hmm. and then to know what's coming after this. It's not whether I like it or not. It's just not as good. And, yeah. like, that's how I feel about Tarantino is that he, he's grown so much from one to nine that even if you really have, like, a, an emotional attachment or you think, oh, well, this is so good, its age doesn't really have anything to do with it for me, you know? Like, yeah. I, I do think his middle period is his strongest period. I and I, I think the early one is, is cool and all of that. And, like, it's some of the most iconic movies, but... Reservoir Dogs just feels so small. That's how I feel. I think the way that I look at it is like Reservoir Dogs is it is it's a first movie. Like it's good. I love that movie. I think it's very enjoyable. But then compared to like the technicalities in the Hateful Eight, like the yeah. cinematography and stuff yeah. like that, and even like I know that I probably have the Hateful Eight ranked higher than you do, like the highest out of the three of us probably. Mm-hmm. And like I know like you, you you're not the biggest fan of it because of like dialogue is so corny in some spots, right? Yeah, that's one reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like I like it for that fact because I think that in some plate like in some movies where you just have like a one set one setting type deal, it doesn't hurt to to kind of have the dialogue go a little over the top. But but I get it. Um, but compared to Reservoir Dogs, I do think The Hateful Eight is a better movie. I'm gonna come back to that point about the dialogue and how you. it works. Um, so you had it. At, you had Reservoir Dogs at six, mm-hmm. and nope. you had The Hateful Eight at seven. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, hmm. so guys, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, sorry. So what I was going to say is um, the reason I, I, I really like the Hateful Eight too. Like this, I think I was telling you this, like from Jackie Brown all the way up to like from Jackie Brown to so Django, the the they're four up. stars. And then from everything at the top, they're like they're five stars. So I really like I really like the Hateful Eight. I think the only reason I don't like it as much as if if I'm correct, is that this is right after Django, right? The yes. Hateful Eight is the yes. one right after Django. So I guess it just bugged me that he necessarily was like, let me do the same, very similar films back to back. And also, um, it's the one that I've seen the least. Like if each one of the other ones that I've watched, I've watched them more than once. And me and you that's saw the this other movie one. together back in 2015. At one of our AMCs that we got. Yeah, to. yeah. And, yeah. I, and then I've seen parts of it like back like... Um, when I've watched like stuff on YouTube of like like video essays on stuff on Quentin Tarantino and like I like it a lot and then I remember when you rewatched it I remember like I do really like that movie but I I, I don't know if for some reason I I the reason it's down there is because I know I like Reservoir Dogs more a lot of Reservoir Dogs like dialogue with the whole like the tipping thing in the beginning yeah I think is like very like that's what made Quentin Tarantino Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And like the, those little intricacies about his dialogue, and since it was the first one, I guess it holds like um, a little bit of a, like a. Since the hateful eight is a repetitive notion from its past, and the hateful in um, Reservoir Dogs, it seems just a little bit more quote unquote original. 
I feel that. Are we going to take into account that Reservoir Dogs is kind of a ripoff of a Chinese film? Uh, no, because it, all of his films are ripped off. Of yeah. Films. You know what I mean? Yeah, at some point. Kind of. I don't know. I know Reservoir Dogs is a little more like... Shot for shot. Yeah, ripoff. like actual, like we just remade this movie. But I mean, that's what that's what he does. And it kind of makes sense for him to do that for his first movie. So, yeah, I, you know. Yeah. You know. But I am. In, but I, I was forgot to say was I am for the list of the podcast willing to just switch those two since you two since you two agree on it being um reservoir dogs being seven i just think that the even though i think there's some really bad stuff in the hateful eight that its highs are just too high to put it under it, Jack, that movie yeah dogs, so that sorry. movie has one of the most like it has one of my favorite shots in like cinema history like where in the beginning where they're riding on like the mountain with the stagecoach and it's like a yeah. super long shot i just I love That's that. That's what I was going to bring up what I do like about the Hateful Eight. Is so, that I always remember how it started. Cuz nothing in the nothing in Reservoir Dogs is as good as Samuel Jackson provoking General the, Smithers yeah. about oh how his God. son sucked my his dick. Big yeah. Black <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> and it was war. Oh my God, like the highs in that movie are really high. Yeah. This, the, okay, I would be willing to if you're willing to cuz I have the Hateful Eight I think above where you guys have it. I would be willing to do... This is the biggest sacrifice. You'd be making the biggest sacrifice out of all I would be willing to do Reservoir Dogs at 7 and then do Hateful Eight at 6 for the podcast. Okay. Because I have the Hateful Eight at 5. So... Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. So we're going to go Reservoir Dogs at 7? Yes. Yes. And then Hateful Eight eight in front of it. Because basically we're, we're... at this point, we argued for six and seven already. Yeah. So should we just agree? You want to go five, I guess? Well, well, do you want to talk about what we really like about the Hateful Eight since we're... <laughs> yeah, dude. We can't, we, can't, we can't just really skip it, right? No, yeah, that's um, true. I love like the Ennio Morricone score. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I'm pretty sure this is still true, but it's, it was, it's the only film of his that has an original score. Um, he had always that. said that he didn't want to give someone else control over his movie like that. And that's why he's so soundtrack heavy for the most part. Or even if there's scores in his movie, it's usually from another it's movie. Reused, yeah. yeah, it's like a reused one. But yeah, that score is amazing. It adds like this is one of the instances of Quentin Tarantino getting into horror, right? Like the mm-hmm. horror element. And like the Hateful Eight is so obviously inspired by the thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't you can't miss that if you've seen it. The setting the the tension the between isolation. The, the, yeah, yeah the isolation the tension between the the members of the house even the scene where like they have to go put the things in the snow when they go in the outhouse that's mm-hmm. exactly what I was gonna say it looks like it the looks thing. like the thing yeah, yeah. it's so good because somebody did a, a shot by shot comparison and I, I never thought about it because I was like oh oh like yeah the floodlights like, behind everything mm-hmm. it just looks so good yeah the hateful eight has got some of his most beautiful shots yeah. in, in in his career like the so shots too. of the st- uh that you're talking about like with the stagecoach when it does like the close-ups of the horses like faces ooh, that's, yeah ooh, give me that, that to be a cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite part i think about the hateful eight is definitely the cast that's what i was gonna say yeah see yes and no because i think a lot for me it just michael madsen doesn't work in this one um tim roth yeah, as well do Mowbray. <laughs> I like. Yeah. I think it's. I just. The Hateful Eight is one of the only times where, in just, I, I had told you guys this, and I know you guys don't agree with me on this, but it's the only time, just like with the French Dispatch, where I was just this. The shtick is not working for me. Your thing that you do that I love and everything else, it just doesn't hit. 
it just doesn't hit. It's funny because this one's the opposite for me. That's the only reason I think it works. Like, uh, if somebody else directs this movie, I don't care. No, this movie wouldn't get made. But I, I don't know. I think the delivery of the dialogue is, it's just not there for me the way it is in like, especially Django. Like, I think Christoph Waltz is the best actor. Yeah. For him that he's worked with, like for delivering that dialogue that is corny, yeah, but made in a real, like in a real, like a not an original way, but like an authentic way. There's like, more to say about the, that. The, the, the deliveries top. in the in that is authentic, and I understand like in the hateful eight that they're Oswaldo Mowbray is not his real name, and he's playing a character because he's just some outlaw or whatever. Oh, he's part of the Domingue gang. Yeah, but, <laughs> Yeah, there's like a couple of times my eyes were ready to roll out of my head. Like that's how hard I was. Yeah, I not know. enjoying some it, of the hateful. It definitely eight. did not bother me like that. I, I'm like I agree with you. I do think that the dialogue is different than some of the other stuff, and but like I don't like the Oswaldo Mo. Like that doesn't bother me. Like, it just, makes me horse laugh. <laughs> like that's just funny. Like uh, I like that. I like that stuff is over the top, and I like that it really like I don't know. I enjoy that. The I last think, time oh, you watched, ahead. oh yeah, it was just, the last time did you watch that you watched it? Did you watch the the one that's cut up Netflix? into scenes the, or yeah, I into did. episodes? I did. Which and I, think, I think that's even better. That's what I was gonna say is maybe that makes a big difference though too because now you're seeing it. It's 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 pacing is different than you watching it in its entirety. You know, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it depends on your opinion. But to take a movie and turn it into a TV show? Well, not a TV show. I guess it'd be a limited series, a mini series, or mini series as they call them. Whatever. Slippery slope, right? I well, know, that's what I'm what's like, a mini series? What's a movie? I mean, I normally yeah. wouldn't think that that works, but the way that it, that he did it for that specific movie, I think it works perfectly. Because I mean, you watched it in one sitting, so right. No, I actually didn't. It's two cities. Yeah, there. I watched it in two cities. So, like, you started one day and then, like... <gasps> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you watch half a movie or whatever, but I, I was going to say, I haven't seen it that way, so I'd be interested in seeing that pacing, you know? And it does add a little bit more... Like, it has, I think it's, like, 15, 21 yeah, minutes that's of the true. movie. The so. other things I don't like about The Hateful Eight that don't work for me is when he interjects himself in the intermission, and he's like, and this is why this chapter's called Dahmer Goose. Oh, that's, that's what Like, I... Eh, no, I no, thank you. <laughs> no, like thank you shit. for me. Yeah. And the other thing I didn't like was the slow motion gunfight in the cabin. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, nah. stuff doesn't, that stuff doesn't bother me. So, yeah. I don't, I don't remember know. that one. I think it's just personal. But, yeah. But, all right. Move on. Sure. All so, right. so you have our six set. Six is hateful eight. Six is hateful eight. So, okay. I, I do have a different number six because I've moved my okay. hateful eight down. So. I guess I'll just throw mine out there. My sure. six was once, once upon a time in Hollywood. Ooh. So, what? Uh, my six. Well, it was the hateful eight. Wait, are we on five now? Yeah, we're, do, we're, we're on, on five. five. We're on yeah, five yeah, now. Yeah. Okay, my five is Pulp Fiction. Actually, okay. yes. Okay, got you. So, Ro? No, this is where we're. This is where we're gonna. I have Django. Okay. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Since you started, I guess okay. you, why is it so? Um, once upon hard. once upon a time in Hollywood, I have at six, just because. I mean, I I love the movie. Like I said, um, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Like it's I I'm aware that is this big homage to you know like seventies film and mm-hmm. what he grew up around, kind of. But I also feel like. I don't know. The story just doesn't hit me in the same way as a lot of other things. Like it's it's not that I don't like this movie, but. I guess I prefer some of the more serious movies that he's done, I guess. Mm. Um, Once Upon a Time, like, like it works. It's really good. But just personally, I just don't like it as much as some of his other ones. Um, I'm willing to move Once Upon a Time lower because I think I have this bias towards it. Maybe it's recency bias. Um, I like the maturity. 
that we get from Quentin Tarantino once upon a time. That's why I have it. I have it at a four, but I could see for the one that had five and I could see how that is just a more entertaining time. I think, um, is, is once upon a time his longest movie besides if you merge the kill bills. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's I at the top of your head. It. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it, like, they all far, are long as fuck. Like, yeah, exactly. You could argue they're all too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I just have it higher. I could see why it would drop lower. I have Pulp Fiction at five, and I'm pretty sure neither of you agree with me. There. <laughs> yeah, I think that's way too low. Yeah, I have Pulp Fiction a little bit higher than that. I think that's one of his top threes. Because, yeah, especially me. But, like, because uh, what do you have Pulp Fiction at? I have it at four. So yeah. That's not that much higher. No, no, it's not. Okay. I have Pulp Fiction at four. Um, yeah, I mean, what... What is what more is there to be said about Pulp Fiction? I feel like we've kind of it's, already it's said it all. Yeah. It's just it's it's just it's it's level of filmmaking. I just think, like I said, his middle period is so much higher. It's the highest highs to me. So that it's not like that. It's not that. Uh, I'm having a hard time saying I would think they're all five stars from this point on, but I, I kind of do feel that mm-hmm. way. So like Pulp Fiction, it's not that it's less than Django. It's not that it's less than Inglorious Bastards or anything like that. I just think that the filmmaking level is taken so as such a higher step. This is what like this is what you can do with no money, and it's like you've done the highest high of like an indie movie. But then after that, it's just like on a technical level. Yeah, I respect it like so much more. Like how much went into it, the the actors, mm-hmm. the the budget. You know, like the people that you can work with. The costumes, just everything about like that higher level of filmmaking, and like even the Hateful Eight. That's why I think it's so high. Like if you look at that movie, you're like, he couldn't have made this in the early part of his career. He wouldn't. It would not look this good. No, it, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, or even the cameras they use, like shooting it in like the 70 millimeter and stuff like it's that. Crazy. They weren't going to give him the chance to do that as a. We're we're lucky. Pulp Fiction wasn't shot on videotape. <laughs> that's a good point. Held held handheld camcorder. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ro, I know you've been watching David Lynch movies, so let's wait till you get to the handheld camcorder ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um. uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'd I'd concede this. I you can put Pulp Fiction higher. That's that's fine. Uh, what about what do you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as? Because I guess that would be the, we're we're arguing because he. I had it at four as well, so it'd be four and five, like. All right, so uh, what goes in front of what? Pulp Fiction or? I think I think so far, so Death Proof 9, Jackie Brown 8, Hateful 8, 7, Reservoir Dogs 6. I'd be willing to put, I don't know if you are, Once Upon a Time at 6. All right, at 5, at sorry. Five. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, yes, sure, because I, I know Nate doesn't like, he has it lower on his list anyways by the one, so. I'm not really. F- yeah, there's no really four, uh, a so choice in arguing this, honestly. No, because I could, I could see how. This is where I guess I'm gonna like. To me, Django follows this. Like Django, Django has to be four after the. Well, or well, yeah. no, no, no. Wouldn't it be? Mm, this is difficult. Five. Uh, yeah. I, so we're, we're deciding between five. We're five and four right now, right? So five, I think, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would agree, and then I would put Pulp Fiction ahead of that. But okay, let's just do yes, that. Okay. okay, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is five, and Pulp Fiction Fiction's is four. four. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. So now we got to wrap up. That's why I disagree I heavily. That, but I do okay. think that uh, that's so close, though. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though, I was telling Nate like the the Leo and the Brad Pitt of it all 
it's so much better like of ca- of a casting choice than almost any of his other yeah. movies that that's another reason why it's so high up. It's like you got the two biggest movie stars like other than Denzel Washington being in your movie together playing buddies like yeah. and one of the reasons I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so much is that I know some people feel it's not it's not like this crazy revelation from his other work. It's just that it's it's a nice movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Except for the end, which is right. the ultra-violent, it's the <laughs> yeah, ultra-violent exactly. payoff that you are waiting for, but it's the only movie like that where it's like, so you do know how to write people actually being friends. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, mm-hmm. in any of his other movies, like, um, Django and Dr. Schultz are not friends. No, they're partners. Um, Jules and Vincent are not friends. friends. Yeah. J- Jackie Brown is definitely not friends with Samuel L. Jackson or... Well, I do agree with you that um, this probably was the first movie where he was really able to show that he can write two people that actually like each other. That doesn't necessarily change the fact how I feel about the other movies. Like, that's cool, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I like this movie more than the other ones. Would you say you have it, um, you have Once Upon a Time there because of how you feel about the other ones in front of it more? Exactly. Like, I don't don't have it lower because I feel any type of way about Once Upon a Time. Like I said, I love that movie. Probably have it at like four and a half stars, maybe five stars. But the other ones in front of it, I just, I just prefer. Like love. Yeah, like mm-hmm. absolutely love it. So that makes sense. The flamethrower scene at the end can't persuade you to put it. A I mean, higher. damn, it's so close. The, the crisping acid, hippies in the, your pool. The acid cigarette <laughs> and dog food to the face. <laughs> he said, "I'm the devil, oh, and man. I'm here to do devil shit." Uh, <laughs> that's so good. No, that movie's so. It's bad. possibly his funniest movie. It, too. That I will, I could agree with. It probably is. Who would have thought Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt being this like comedic pairing Doing this together. good old buddy comedy? Yeah. It's awesome. Know. It is awesome. But I, I, will, I will take the, I guess me and Ro will take the L on this one and I'll put Once five. Upon a Time at, yeah, at five. And are we going to do, what's next? Pulp Fiction, I guess. As, <laughs> I, have, I have Pulp Fiction at four, but I mean, I could be, I could be argued against or persuaded or whatever. So, Okay, well, let's talk about Pulp Fiction at four right now and let's see if... Ro, can you make an argument for the one we have at three? If that like Pulp Fiction should at least be there, like let's see if you can still save. Can, Pulp can we Fiction. move it up? How far can we move? Can, this I up? know because that was my goal was to. Uh, I thought it was gonna go three, so four I guess is one off. So can I argue for it to drop one? Um, it's his only one that's one cans. I think is a big thing. Um, like I said, <laughs> it's funny right before. <laughs> um, I was gonna pull the internet card here. It's the highest rating on all of the websites. Um, out of all of his movies, I obviously you have Letterbox users, <laughs> film, <laughs> film Bros. Oh, sick! <laughs> you have Film Bros. and like Letterbox, right? That um, obviously this is my favorite movie. Hit five stars automatically. But I like to think that I IMDb and um, what's the other one? Metacritic like to take the best out of everything, right? And then just uh, average but it's score. Fresh it. on the Rotten Tomatoes meter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna pull uh, that card. Um. Well, how do you feel about this opinion, though? I feel like the letterbox guys that we're talking, or guys and girls and everyone in between, that aren't they kind of the people that we were just memeing on about having the poster in their wall and that, <laughs> well, it's the first movie I ever saw like this that got me into But that's how I was gonna, that was my argument, though, is that, is, um, yes, it's memeable, but is it necessarily, is that why it's bad? No, no, no. I don't, no. Think, I don't it's think it's bad. No, or like, is thing. that why it's not it can't be true that it is that good of a movie because it's memeable. Be like, oh, because no. everybody seems to like it I'm, so much. I really do think, I mean, like, it is a fucking five-star movie. Like, Pulp Fiction's five. Yeah. But I also feel like it's a lot of nostalgia stake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like I feel like a lot of people probably classify as number one because of nostalgia. I guess, like, 
My bad. Sorry to cut No, no, you're good. I'm just I was gonna say my. You're um, passionate. Let's go ahead. My, argue, my <laughs> I guess my counter argument here would be why Django should go in front of Pulp Fiction. Because I, tr- I like honestly, technical level, I think it's a technically better movie. I think um, Django is an epic. It is an epic. Yeah. Whereas Pulp Fiction, you do have like, I mean, it is a smaller film, but it's just this. It makes I feel like the different storylines and not being linear makes it feel like a bigger movie than it really is. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. True. So. Um. Yeah, no. I mean, nothing against Pulp Fiction. Be like, it's kind of like I just said a couple minutes ago that like I feel like from five and up that I could be like these are all five star mm-hmm. or any of these you could argue is number one. And with like the whole culture surrounding Pulp Fiction, I just think that there's a nostalgia bias for it. Well, because of those reasons, and it's not that it makes it worse, but it's just that you're looking at it with like the most bias out of all of these. I feel like, or not just you in general, but like Pulp Fiction stands mm-hmm. that there's a certain level of otherness than just the movie that goes along with it you yeah know? it's like the movie it, the movie almost kind of became something other than just a movie Django, you know I mean? uh the kill bills and glorious they don't have the same cultural relevance around them i think like you know nobody's going to halloween parties dressed up as the the guys from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how many dudes probably went, hey, hey, Nate, you want to be my wingman Jules tonight? And, and let's go dress as, as Jules I'm and Vincent. I'm going to dress up as Beatrix Kiddo, though. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, that is another reason why I think I have it higher is story-wise, ambitiously, it is more ambitious than Django. Django's pretty straightforward. There's, yeah? Yeah, like... But it's an epic revenge tale. That'd be like... And, um... Yeah, I agree. I really like Django, too. But I guess it's just the scale for me. Yeah, I think so for me too. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, this is probably a pretty like far reach or an out there comparison. But this is kind of like you know how recently you watched Duel, Steven Spielberg's first mm-hmm. TV movie, and you really liked that a lot, right? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too dramatic here, but that's like being like, well, actually, it's better than Jaws. No, you know what I mean? I, like, I've never seen it, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, where it's just like. I, Yes, it's a smaller movie, but it's like the level, man. There's just something about the level of filmmaking behind it where he's a more mature director when he's making Django or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus him just being a film bro who got to make Pulp Fiction, you know? But is, know. is it, though? Dialogue-wise, do you really think Django's better than Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I do think so. I just like Django more than Pulp Fiction overall. Yeah, I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Like, it's not like, better than a royale with cheese. Yeah, yeah, so, and then talk about like just the, the royale path of the righteous man. Just like the because I feel like it's so carried heavily in dialogue, and Django's carried so much in like style. Like yes, obviously dialogue is really good too. That's why Quentin Tarantino's Quentin Tarantino. But I do think if it's not cowboy revenge story, is it as good? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be Django. It'd be a whole other movie. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if that comparison exactly works. I. uh I do think that Django is flashier. I would agree, and uh, the dialogue in Pulp Fiction might be better. I honestly haven't seen both these movies in probably you know a year or two, so I I couldn't say with one hundred percent like certainty. But I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I do like Django more than Pulp Fiction. But I mean, how it, it's hard to argue against Pulp Fiction too. So. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, just a personal opinion. Yeah, it really but is. It's but, just that you're being outweighed right now. But we are <laughs> here to, yeah, to make a cohesive list. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Pulp Fiction 4? Yeah, I okay. guess so. So then 3. What do we got at 3? It has to be you guys arguing for Django. Yeah. I, I do have Django. I have Django at 3. Yeah. What about I have Inglorious Bastards Inglorious at 3? Inglorious Bastards at 3? 
Okay. But it, I mean, based off where the the thing is moved to, I guess I would I would have Django at three because it got moved. Like you might need to reorganize your notes real quick, so because <laughs> your <laughs> list has been <laughs> been thrown off but, uh, for sure. Yeah, I would probably put Django at three. Honestly, um, like like we've already kind of talked about, it. I think it's super stylistic. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the dialogue's good. I think Leo plays one of the greatest villains of all time. Honestly, I will. Yes, that is so, why I like Django more, and not because he's a villain, but I just think that, that <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and the character of Calvin Candy is probably one of his best characters. Yeah, it's between that and like Hans Landa, <laughs> and uh, well, not Django himself, but. Maybe Jules. Like, I yeah. think those are probably, like, the three, my three favorite Quentin Tarantino characters. Yeah. That's cool. Because I'm not, because then at two, I have Inglorious Bastards. So. That's where I have Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. That's where it would fall down That's for me, too. Yeah. yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Because I like Inglorious Bastards. I do like Inglorious Bastards more than um, uh, Django. Because I do, like, it is, it's not as flashy as Django. I think the dialogue is probably better than Django. And it's just such a fun fuck the Nazis movie. And like, it really has like yeah. that opening scene to Inglorious Bastards, like that anxiety. Cinema. Dude, wow. If he doesn't, if he didn't have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that would be his like closest to being tame film. Because all of that in your segment. <laughs> Which is kind of, it's, but it's honestly, it's kind of true. No, because yeah. it's like, like the first, besides obviously in the, in the, the beginning, end. his, I, I forget the name of Christopher Waltz's character. Hans Landa. Yeah, yeah. Like besides him just shooting it up at the, in the beginning scene, that whole first sequence we talk about the milk, about him switching up the, di like his, how many languages he knows. And then, then you get the stuff of like, Brad Pitt not being able to speak any Italian and all of that stuff. And it has nothing to do with violence or you get like all of the theater stuff that the, that, um, I forgot her name too. Does Shoshana. Yeah. That she character. does like, you know, um, so that, that stuff is not based on any violence. And I think you get a uh, lot of so dialogue. much violence sprinkled throughout that. movie. There is. There like, is. the sequences of how they show how the bastards come together. Yeah. Like, where they're like, this guy's like an expert Nazi killer. I can't remember his name right now. The bear Jew? No, not <laughs> no. even him. The one that they get who's like a, he was a Nazi, and then he oh. trained, you know what I mean? They were yeah. going to have him on the shooting wall, mm. and then they were like, how you like to go pro? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I heard you're in the Nazi killing business. And there's just so many sequences, like, long scenes in that movie that are just, like, they take my breath away. Like, like we said, the opening scene, the scene where it's that German guard's birthday and they're playing the he game of heads up or whatever. Oh, that like is, in the that's bar. an incredible scene. The underground yeah. shootout in the yeah. bar where everybody yeah. died. Like, yeah. dude, like, wow. That, that is what I mean about like, yes, Pulp Fiction is five stars, but that like maturity and level and having control over a scene like that. And then just the Glorious Bastards underground scene is more tense than the Pulp Fiction diner scene of like bitch be cool, that, I bitch. Think so too. <laughs> yeah, you know, but what not I mean? more tense than the when he kind of finds him in the gimp. Ugh. Like it's not more intense than the scene where he, like he, he has to save um, Marcellus Wallace oh, and the, the uh, knife. That scene know. comes off as kind of comical though. Like I'm gonna grab a bat and then a sword and then a chainsaw. Like it, it, it to me it, that's where it loses its like tension and it becomes like this is funny now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's funny, but I do find the basement scene to be a little more tense than that. But and then but even then just the the the, the, the theater scene, like like you said, when they can't speak Italian, like that shit's so fun. That's Gorlami. He speaks so the funny. third most Italian. I don't and speak then, any Italian. And it's just so good to watch like 
that movie in Glorious Bastards, like the cast is phenomenal, but I think the reason why it sits so high is because of Christoph Waltz's performance. Yeah. Yeah. Like that sure. really just elevates the film to put it like sitting at the top right here. It's Leo and Christoph Waltz, like his two best performances right. that he's ever gotten out of acting. Because I love Christoph Waltz and Django, but I like him even more in, in Glorious yeah. Bastards. That's a bingo. <laughs> <laughs> His character. Like, just, just watching him in the theater scene where he knows that they're full of shit and you can just watch, you know what I mean? Just watch him make his moves towards the act. This might be my masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I love that movie, though. No, yeah. That's a really good Inglorious movie. Bastards is All right, so fun. is it Django 3 and Inglorious Bastards 2? That's what I have it at. Yeah, that's what the list looks like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which only leaves us with well, two movies. Compromise but... means no one's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I honestly can't believe they hateful eight. So, but whatever, it is okay. Um, but yeah, that takes us to what number one now, huh? It's, which yeah, it just makes sense talking about epics. Um, Kill Bill. We're combining both the movies as one. Kill Bills. The Kill Bills. The Kill Bills. What is it, the whole bloody the whole affair? Bloody affair. Yeah. Come on, dude. Come on. What, what do I need to say? This, this movie's got everything. <laughs> it's got the pussy wagon. It's got an old... <laughs> everything you like about all the other movies come to full fruition in Kill Bill. He, obviously, the whole bloody affair, the official cut, he's the only one that has it. Everything else that we see is, um, I guess, third party made. But he himself has said that he would have wanted to make it one long film. Obviously, the studios weren't going to have that. Um. Yeah, it's just epic. So what I want to say about the it being one movie, even though it's separated as two, is like, well, we're still seeing those kind of things today. That's what Dune is doing. Mm-hmm. But Kill Bill, you can't separate them. No, like there, it's not a separate story. It's really not. It really is just the other half of the story that you didn't just, see in the it's first. It's so part. interesting because you have the full first movie, which is just almost balls to the wall action the whole time. And then the second movie is a lot more exposition and you find right. out the background and mm-hmm. you get the mystery behind Bill and what really happened between everybody. And that's fucking awesome. And I love both movies. Oh, like, how can you God. have a movie that's just all action and then another movie that's pretty much all exposition and they both fucking work? Like, it's impressive. And then the five finger touch at the end. God, God damn! What it, what it refers stylistically, it looks so fucking nice. And then I always remember the scene where it, um, she just stabs the, the the lady who has one eye. Oh yeah, she stabs oh, her yeah. other eye out, and like she like doesn't kill her, but might as well. You know what I mean? She leaves her stranded in the desert. Yeah, she, with the snake. I was gonna say she leaves of like the. Mamba. the yep. She leaves in like flute boy and ran. <laughs> <laughs> That's so kill funny. Bill really is the highest of his highs. I though. think and so too. It's man. where he took that leap of being like, I am a serious blockbuster. Everyone knows who I am. Come see my movie, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool, and just to have, and also just to have the the main the main actor be a female, Uma yeah, Thurman. Like that's, that's really that's cool, really to, cool. To, to make females be fucking badass in this movie. I think is really cool. So the Fox Force Five, exactly. Like that's just badass. <laughs> the Fox. It's the Fox Force, Force 5. Five realized. Nice. And then just, uh, and I also love the uh, the old Chinese like martial arts guy that she has to go visit in the second oh, one. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, that shit's so cool. I personally love Hattori Hanzo, the sword maker. That's mm, that's just sick. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like when he writes Bill on the window. Yeah. He's like thinking about him. <laughs> it's He's like, so Bill. <laughs> yeah, man. It just Kill Bill is, is fucking awesome. Like the the martial arts, the technical level, the story. It's I think the reason I have 
Django and Kill Bill so high is because of like their epic nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just love seeing you know, like okay, all these things I like about Quentin Tarantino taken to the max. You know what I mean? It's just I I kind of wish I had more to say, but like I'm still every time I watch Kill Bill, I'm kind of just in awe yeah, of like, like what I'm experiencing. Perfect. We get David Carradine. Which yeah, is cool. he is incredible. Yeah, I guess that's a cool one for old people because they used to watch him on TV. Yeah, like that's a that's a my dad reference yeah. where he's like, "Oh, look, it's kung fu." <laughs> like, yep. What the fuck? <laughs> but I mean, I, I think that's why that's what uh, this film is like. I'm talking about homage, homage to the, not, but not just oh, this is um, well, how some people feel about his other films. Like, oh, you just ripped it off. But like, no, this is him taking the best of those and then him putting the Quentin Tarantino lens on all of them, really transforming it into his own thing by even bringing in David Carradine, you know and. Mm. I don't even. I'm shitty sure Dude, how Tori Hanzo is from other stuff. You too. know, yeah. I mean, he's those actors that he brought in. It's like them be even being in the movie is an homage because mm-hmm. they're like, like I'm pretty sure the Hattori Hanzo guy is an actor that he watched in like either Japanese or Chinese cinema. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, what was I gonna say about Kill Bill right now? Um, da, 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 da. That it's sick. Well, yeah. I mean, other <laughs> than that, oh, is the animated sequence? Yes. Yeah. That That's shit so cool. is sick, and I always wished I could have got more of it. Like yeah. when the dude like flicks the cigarette up in the air, and then he like roundhouse kicks it, it's and it so starts cool. the fire. I had always wanted to see a kill, like a like an animatrix style Kill Bill side side hard. thing. You even know? even that that ambition to just throw that in there, you know no, that there's no none of that in any of his other movies. The Crazy Eighty Eight, dude. Awesome. awesome. I mean, he he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, right. He uses black and white. He uses color. He uses animation, like. The film's got everything. Dude, the zoom of when she rips out the eyeball. <laughs> yeah. So Come good. on. The pussy wagon. Yeah, that's Come the thing. On. The camera work in that movie is just impressive. My name's Buck, and I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, man. man. Are, we, are, we, are we cool with this? At kill, yeah. kill, the Kill Bills at one? Kill Bills yeah, and kill. Numero Uno. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, Dude, shooting her in the face and like the stomach, and then she still lives and all of that. Like, it's just such an epic revenge story. Like, I would love to if I had the time in a day to watch the Kill Bills and Mandy together. And then he just leaves Damn. that little breaking sh- out of the coffin. Yeah, with the with the one inch punch. Come on. Yeah, she leaves Vivica Fox's uh, daughter. She's like like just waiting for her basically. Like, oh yeah, they she- always say that he should cast Zendaya as her daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, are we cool with this? Yeah, let's read off the list then, since we have it. Does anybody have it? Final, I, I want to make sure that we have this the right <laughs> way now. All right, so we have Death Proof at nine. That was a consensus. Yep. Yeah. Jackie Brown at eight. That was mm-hmm. another consensus. And then we we switched it up with Reservoir Dogs being number seven, and that's what me and Roe had agreed with, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have The Hateful Eight at six. <laughs> I wonder if any of us are leaving this list happy Um, (laughs) Once Upon a Time at 5 Pulp Fiction at 4 Django at 3 Inglorious Bastards at 2 And The Kill Bills at at 1 Ro would you like to make one more case for why Pulp Fiction should be higher on the list I don't think it'll change anything somehow (laughs) Fair enough enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right you are old sport All this Leo talk. <laughs> yeah, all this Leo talk got me got Gatsby I'm on the go brain. Watch Gatsby. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to wrap this up? Yeah, man. Yeah. If you uh, disagree with us, let us know. If you agree with us, let us know. Yeah, I would love to hear list. some people's rankings. Yeah, yeah I really do sure, want to see you guys' list. I don't know if this was controversial or not, but <laughs> yeah, I don't either. <laughs> like, like, how how the fuck <laughs> did you guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a lot of fun, and I can't wait to do this with more directors. Um, 
I kind of wanted to mention the movie that we talk about next week. We've never really done this before, but yeah, I wanted to do Unforgiven next week because this is one of Nate's favorite movies of all time. This is easy. I watched like it recently. Yeah. I know Rose on a movie watching tear, so it should be no problem to just <laughs> bust this one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been having a Gene Hackman year. I've been yeah. wanting to go through his whole filmography. So, it's so fucking funny. Why, why is it so yeah, funny? I mean, He's like, one of the great actors random, of all time. Gene Hackman. It's just funny. The conversation. The <laughs> <laughs> Downhill racer. Downhill racer. The Royal Tenenbaums. Company business. Venturing uh, candidates. <laughs> He's one uh, night moves. He's one of the great actors of all time, and to see him teamed up with Clint Eastwood. See, I want to watch the French Connection. Yeah, the French. Mm. There you go. See, I, I started saying the French, and then I was like, I had, I wanted to say Dispatch, but people argue that the French Connection is Coppola's best movie yeah, over yeah. The Godfather and The Godfather Two. I've heard Gene Hackman's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sick. It is. It is interesting. This like a Gene Hackman tear year for you. Just pretty random. I like it though. It's just funny. Fuck yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Unforgiven next week. I'm down. Unforgiven. Yeah. Get, your, get your fucking boots ready. We'll be back in the rooms. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman. Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. It's a For hell real. of a good time. Fuck yeah. I'd love to keep talking about some westerns with old old uh, Major Nathan Maxwell <laughs> Janice. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. DM us at the Grand Cinema Hotel on Instagram. Like and subscribe if you were on YouTube. And... Uh, yeah, I hope you guys all have an amazing day or week. I hope our list pissed you guys off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, maybe uh, if you think Pulp Fiction should have been number one, you can hit up bro. Leave me alone about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think, guys? You guys ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Say bye to everybody. I'm good. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See ya. Have a good week.